As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out. Selling a little? Or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a -a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. We acknowledge the traditional owners of the land on which this podcast is recorded. We pay our respects to their elders, past and present, and to Aboriginal elders emerging. The following podcast contains accounts of child sexual assault. Listener discretion is advised. It started with a phone call. A hot night in summer in Sydney. A number I didn't recognise. A name that meant nothing. Would I investigate this story? About a man who worked with children. A man who hurt children. A man who got away with it. Would I investigate the nurse? 
When he was last working on Ward 4K at Launceston General Hospital, he was a 69-year-old paediatric nurse with a reputation for a tall tail, wandering eyes, and overall a pretty jokey, nice personality. He was liked. Even if there were a few eye rolls from those who thought he was a bit of a relic, in terms of the behaviour that very much was not politically correct. He was very much known, and at the time I'd say loved by everybody. He was considered this incredibly moral citizen and always helpful to everybody. He did all these amazing things, and I guess his professional status as a paediatric nurse at the time assisted with that. Unbelievably, serial paedophile Jim Griffin worked as a nurse on Ward 4K, a children's ward in Launceston General Hospital, for 18 years until police finally charged him with sexual assault offences against children as young as 11 in October 2019. This is Australian True Crime with Michelle Laurie and Emily Webb. The charges relate to offences Jim Griffin subsequently admitted to during police questioning. He was often seen around Launceston with children who weren't his own, many of whom were former patients. On one occasion, he travelled overseas with a child who wasn't his own. And that is just the tip of a very ugly iceberg. It seems like Jim was an open secret around Launceston. And now, thanks to Camille Bianchi, the secret is well and truly out. Right now, as I'm looking, The Nurse is the number three podcast in Australia. Do you know that? What? Yeah. <gasps> it is already. I told you. Oh, that's exciting. It is. Well done. And, well, if you don't know that, then you probably have not read any reviews, right? Oh, shit, no. <laughs> okay. No, no, it's good. No, I would never say that to you and then bring you a bad one. These are just on iTunes, by the way, so they'll be everywhere. But listen to this. This one's really amazing. I worked with this man for two years, for over two years, and never suspected his evil intentions. What a betrayal to his profession, to his family, friends, and ex-colleagues. It makes me feel angry and sad that he wasn't exposed earlier and managed to hurt so many. He was a real wolf in sheep's clothing, walking amongst us. This has worsened my distrust for people, and I'm scared for my children and the people they encounter every day. I sincerely hope that his victims can break through the hurt and damage that this man has caused and find hope and peace moving forward. Ooh, I'm getting a lot of that in my inbox. It's um, RIP inbox, but in a good way, I'm getting a lot of really useful tips as well. But my reaction to that would be um, having had a bit of time to think about that because I've I've been confronted with a lot of those messages directly. I don't want everyone to be scared. I, I think that we need to... It's a tough one because I know he he was prolific and he was a predator in the true sense and a pedophile by the true definition. But uh, especially on that ward, Ward 4K needs a lot of support and love right now. There are some bloody fantastic male care givers that I know across all hospitals. And my only worry with this, and I had to kind of balance that as well, is will this add to that extra layer of of Uh, difficulty that it is getting guys into those roles and having them succeed in them. So I'm really, I I really do empathize. And as a parent, I don't have kids. I I don't know what that's even like, but I I hope it's not going to make everyone distrust everyone in the same way. It's tough. It's really tough. 
It is, isn't it? But I mean, I don't, I don't think so. I just, I think that we need to have faith that that institutions are on top of these things, and that people like this can't can no longer exist in in places where we need to feel like we can trust and have have full faith that our kids are safe. You know, that's what this tells me is that that era is over. I don't know, Michelle. I hoped it was over. I don't trust institutions in the same to the same degree since uh in the year since um investigating this podcast i think it's incredibly disappointing uh the things that are emerging that i'll soon be able to put out there it's staggering and it's it's more than disappointing it's it's really it's tragic well so we know now that there are charges relating to sexual offenses against children as young as 11 and they date back to 1987 This has been exposed by your podcast, The Nurse, and they relate to a man called James or Jim Griffin, who was working as a nurse in the paediatric ward, Ward 4K, in Launceston Hospital, Launceston General Hospital, up until very recently. How did you find out about this? Well, I can't say. I can can talk around that, though. I can say that I'm one of a number of journos who found out, and I found out a lot later. So he died by suicide almost it's quite spooky, almost a year to the day. And he, this all went down and sort of became common knowledge in Launceston and honestly, really widely known knowledge. And there was a brief mention of this by a reporter called Sarah Aquilina in the examiner, but she could never name him and she could never firm up which hospital she knew, but there are so many difficulties, intricacies, and, um, legislation down there that to be honest I'm I'm just copying the legal risk in some of these things because I think it's important enough but I understand very much why this didn't break last year for a number of reasons. Yeah, this is one of those cases that's caught up in the Let Her Speak campaign really, isn't it? Because in May of this year we had a lady called Nell on our show who was telling her story for the first time in her life and and her story dated back 16 years. She was the victim of a gang rape. And she was never allowed to tell her story because of the legislation in Tasmania that meant that victims were not allowed to tell their own stories using their own names, no matter what the legal situation, even though she, her, her offenders were convicted and jailed. So this was, I guess, caught up in all of that, was it? Was that one of the reasons the reportage was stymied? Absolutely. So the wonderful and glorious Keely, who I'm very proud of, she and a number of other survivors I'm speaking with on record. I couldn't have even named them and they couldn't have spoken with me until April this year. And that's incredible because it was only really a couple of months while I was investigating the law change, thanks to Nina Fennell and Grace Tame. But that I didn't even know was a law until it changed. So thank goodness to those women. <laughs> so Yeah. I don't think any of us knew. Yeah. Oh, it would have made my life even harder. And it's not an easy story because he was never convicted. So well, even Nell, I know Nell didn't know until she wanted to write a book about her experience and she found out then that she couldn't. Yeah, yeah. There's been a number of legal reforms and there's even one of the first charges laid against Jim or the first charge was maintaining a sexual relationship with a minor and that actually changed in May this year to persistent abuse, sexual abuse of a minor. So it's a people sort of joke about law jargon, but when you are a survivor, that's really important that that's the, that the definition and what it's um, defined as dictates how it's looked upon and how accepting we are of it. Yeah, absolutely. The idea that you could maintain a sexual relationship with a minor suggests that it's a consenting relationship with a child. 
Oh, yeah. There's a really, we have a really muddied history um, across different jurisdictions in Australia. It's kind of gross, but air law is not perfect. Journalism is not perfect. We luckily, we get to adapt. Yeah, absolutely. When I was reading about it today, after hearing the first episode of your podcast, and of course, then it sent me off sort of trying to read and find out more about it. I did find an article in the Mercury, I think, a Tasmanian paper that said pedophile named like like he'd finally been named. The pedophile in the hospital has been named. And I realized, wow, this story has been around. So, and it was like everyone was dying to know who it was. And I thought, well, then how were people dealing with, with sick kids in Launceston during this period of time when they thought, well, am I taking my kid to the hospital? It's a very interesting question because that little tell this was known, um, and I, I alluded to that very, very strongly. It was known by people in authority. It will be very interesting in the next couple of months to see what kind of claims come out in the press from different institutions because this was a known thing. And to what extent I'm still finding out, but I don't know what parents did. I don't know. It's it's so interesting. And that place, so Launceston, which I've lived in, it's gorgeous, but it, it's a place where you you keep things to your chest. It very much culturally seemed like that. And I, I can't describe it in a better way. I don't really, I can't put my finger on it. Yeah. Also, pedophilia is one of those things that is kept close to people's chests. I have a friend who grew up in a family where they were told that the little girls don't go near pop, for example. Oof. Yeah. There's a lot of that. Yeah. Yeah. Also like shame and Oh, it's so, this is why I'm lucky I've had the time to educate myself because thank God I'm not a survivor of sexual abuse and it's, there's so much shame and there's also what people are telling me, which is breaking my heart, is the emails I'm getting saying, I was one of his or one of someone else's victims, I should have spoken, it's my fault he offended again. Yeah, that is a really common thing that, that survivors say, isn't it? It's awful. It's not anyone's fault but his. Um, it's never anyone's fault but his. But the, yeah, the, the secrecy and the shame, like I can imagine for a lot of reasons why you don't keep things, like, why you keep things like this secret. But also something that's fascinating in this story and, and um, again, really sad is that these are people who have a lot of time and love for each other as a community and the people that are in, you know, wider community and family networks with someone, you don't want to hurt them by coming forward. Mm. Like, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of collateral damage. Oh, absolutely. You're not accusing someone of being a pedophile, uh, you know, willy-nilly. But it's, it's almost impossible. Even as a journal, it's almost impossible to dig because I have been gifted by people coming to me and it is a gift because, you know, it makes me look great, but honestly, we really rely on people coming to you because you can't put that stuff out. No matter what you hear, it has to come from someone. Um, and then once you have enough, you can start credibly asking questions. I'm hearing already in the first episode of your podcast, this, again, this, this guilt coming through from other staff members on the ward because they're saying things like, yeah, I, I noticed some things that I thought were weird about the way he worked, but I thought it was, he was just kind of old school. I mean, you know, yes, I don't work that way as a male nurse, or if I was a male nurse, I wouldn't work that way. But I just thought, cause he was, he was quite a bit older than, than a lot of the other staff. And they just thought it was, it was an old school way to work, such as showering female patients and things like that. Right. Uh, yes and no. So 
what I'm discovering is a lot of people did complain. Okay. And that's when you get to the bottom of where it went and how far. Yeah. A lot of these, these are good nurses. These, they care a lot about the kids and they certainly, there were questions asked and I'm, I'm getting more and more of a sense of that even in the last 48 hours. So I would urge the community to really lift up and support the nurses on Ward 4K because they were looking out for the kids the whole time. And it's things like that that I would think, really, no one said anything? People said stuff. Um, I'm trying to work out what form that took and, and where that should have gone. But then, I mean, Keely's mum worked with him and knew him for 20 years and they were really close friends. He was like a grandfatherly friend and it never occurred to me that um, he would have done something like that because I trusted him. I knew that his behaviours were odd, but I trusted that he was a decent person. He was a friend. He was a family friend. And... It was ridiculous how, you know, people would say, oh, sleazy Jim, but also a lot of people would say, oh, that's just Jim. And she's a great nurse, obviously. So was his behaviour different with different people, do you think? Yeah. So he was very good at who he did things in front of. Yeah. He would select for the more junior, less experienced nurses. He would select for the people that he knew Weren't in his thrall because these aren't, like I said, they're not idiots and they're not, you know, they do their job professionally, but they deferred to him and rightly so. He was a senior nurse. And if you're first year, second year, um, it is really hard to pull rank on someone who's been there for 20 years. And he was very good at talking his way out of things. I, I, I know that to be true, certainly at this point. And he even, you make the point, he even joked about it, didn't he? He joked about people... Oh, yeah. Suggesting that he was sort of a bit of a dirty old man. Yeah. Oh, I have so many stories of this now. He would really make a meal out of it. And as one of my sources said, it was like he was, in hindsight, like he was sounding out who was on his side. Uh, Like what a professional, I guess. I I guess he'd been at it for a long time, right? Some of the disclosures I'm getting uh, now and um, I'm hastily scribbling to write a, a supplementary podcast episode because I'm and I'm rewriting and and it's going to change. Is that he was offending the whole way? Um, starting to discover from before those first charges date, so before the late '80s, there was a lot of smoke around Jim Griffin for a very long time. Wow, the late '80s. Was he always in that community, or has he moved? into that community around that time? Because oftentimes we find that they've sort of been sprung or almost sprung in one community and then they've moved. Yeah, there's a lot of that. Um, And this is interesting again is how masterful he was. So he had, yeah, he he left a trail for sure, but he didn't leave Launceston. He was in Launceston. He was a lifetime Launcestonian um, and honestly beloved by so many people. And a lot of people are messaging me now and they're heartbroken and it, and it's legitimate heartbreak and they feel terrible. I think though as as we move on collectively in our journey, certainly in Australia and, and this is more spoken about, I think a lot of us know someone like that. Uh, I have more than one teacher from my childhood who I found out was inappropriate with other kids that I thought, whoa, I. yeah. Yeah. And ones I really liked. Yep. Yeah. You hear things like this and you think, honestly, I, I don't 
hand to God, I don't know what I would have reported. There wasn't anything. No. So I think that's a moment too, and we have to believe people who say that. Yeah, and we have to understand that they, they don't look like anything and they don't behave the same with everyone. Yeah, we've really got to get rid of the monster, that false equivalence of, you know, this is the monster, this is. It's not. It's it's the grandpa figure, it's the friendly, it's the charity doer, it's the, it, it's, not, it's not always, but I mean these people. Um, yeah. Yeah, they're very, very good. And if you're creepy and scary looking, you don't get near people. You have to be charming and you can't be frightening or you won't get near people. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's so funny that the pop culture we, we absorb as we're older. Yeah. That is a good looking person. He definitely didn't kill anyone. Like um, the Ted Bundy thing, everyone's like, but he was so hot. And you're like, it's problematic to acknowledge. It's, it's weird. It's so weird, but there's so many shades to it. I've had a few tearful phone calls from people and they're not happy it's out. That would be a total lie. And I know that that's, I won't, I won't speak about the specifics around who's been really hurt because it's not my story to tell and they haven't come to me, but there's certainly a section of the community that's deeply traumatized by these revelations coming out either because they knew or because for really important reasons, they couldn't, they couldn't disclose anything. So, and especially survivors who aren't ready to talk, like there's a lot of people hurting and do they, are they happy it came out? Probably not. I don't know. And, um, I had someone say something really beautiful that made me feel really a lot better about things this morning as they said, rather than thinking of all the, I call it collateral damage that you are doing, which I'm doing and I acknowledge, um, think about it as ripping the bandaid off and then we get to heal. So the healing can start, but it, it it's a lovely analogy, but unfortunately I do know there's a lot of people who absolutely wish this hadn't come out and through no fault of their own. No, because collateral damage in these stories is an interesting thing that I had never thought about until very recently when it was pointed out to me, actually, through this Let Her Speak campaign in Tasmania. And someone pointed out to me that, you know, when one person discloses, and, and it's a, absolutely, obviously, they're right to do that, and we encourage them and support them. Oftentimes, it then sort of has everyone turn their head towards someone else and make assumptions about another person as having also yeah. been a victim. Yeah? yeah. And that person may not want to disclose and they may not even be a victim, but you know, it suddenly it puts another person in an awkward situation. Oh, it's more than awkward. It's really bad. Um, yeah. I, I feel a little bit sick about some of, cause it is a small town. Everyone knows each other. Like there is pressure and there is pressure, pressure on people to disclose and, and people well-meaningly they'll be like, Oh, you'll feel so much better. It's not the answer for everyone. I, I'm really proud of people like Keely who do, but then at the same time, it's not when you're ready, you don't owe anyone your story. And you, you certainly don't, uh, people think who haven't been through the process that it's going to be the silver bullet. You're going to get closure, but closure doesn't exist. If your childhood was taken away, closure doesn't exist in a court system and legal system that re-traumatizes you. And it certainly doesn't exist in the redress scheme, which we know is inadequate when you look at the lifelong impacts of people who like, they're like veterans, they have PTSD. And often I'm, I'm told a lot of um, survivors, they can't work again. It's a lifelong, the damage is lifelong. And we need to really look at what they are eligible for in terms of victims of crime compensation, in terms of redress. I'm really grateful those schemes are there and I'm not, I'm not kind of shitting on them, but I would love to see a little bit more, I suppose, of a look at that and see what we can really do to change outcomes and make the process less traumatizing. Yeah. And really individualized because every individual needs a different kind of support. Oh yeah. It's, it's super tricky. Like 
um, yeah, speaking with people who've gone through it is really useful, especially when it's in the rear view from t- quite some time and they have a bit more of a of a look at it from a distance and what they would have enjoyed at the, or what they would have sorry needed at the time versus what happened. Then that those are really good conversations to have. To talk to a trained professional about any of the issues raised in this podcast, please call Lifeline on 13 11 14. Thank you to our wonderful patrons for helping us support other podcasters like Camille and her work for the victims of Jim Griffin. Of course, you can become a patron at patreon.com forward slash Pod. Thank you, Charmaine Proud, Belinda Lee, Emma Yates, Sarah Keast, Joni Condos, and Stephen Baker. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Coming up on Australian True Crime, a sneak preview of the second episode of The Nurse. But first, long-time listeners of our show will know that in early 2020, Tasmania began the process of dismantling legislation that prevented victims of sexual assault from pursuing justice in a number of ways and from telling their own stories. I asked Camille if she thought those old laws had prevented Tasmanian victims from coming forward. Yeah, they, they actively have. So in 2018, there was an amendment um, that came into place in Tassie where people who had been abused, the statute of limitations on reporting was 10 years, basically, in a nutshell. And that means if you were abused at 10, you had until 20 to come forward. And what do we know? People don't come forward for 30 years on average. So you're really cutting out a huge section of survivors from getting any redress and um if you're a kid and this happens to you, what are you meant to report while you're still under the age of 18? It's, it's really unrealistic. So they changed that 
and then through that, there's been a lot of um, a lot more um, people linked with redress schemes and a lot more action in that, which is really really great to see. We found a lot of other issues as well through the Royal Commission, didn't we, uh, into institutional responses to sexual abuse in, in children. Things like the fact that so many people then grow up and and find themselves dealing with drug and alcohol abuse and that then by the time they do disclose, the courts treat them like bad witnesses because they have also come in contact with the justice system because of drug and alcohol abuse. It's just, it's just They end up with so many things stacked against them. The unreliable witnessing and the, un- oh, that really kills me because can you imagine going through that and just being like, well, you have bipolar disorder. We can't trust your testimony. It's like, well, I wonder why I have mental health issues. I wonder. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I know. It kills me too. Yeah, it really does. And meanwhile, your abuser is cruising on with his life with a great job and everyone thinks he's a great guy. Some of the other comments that you're getting online, by the way, are comparing already after one episode, comparing this podcast to Teacher's Pet and The Night Driver. Oh, Headley, I'm such a fan of Headley's. That is such an honour. I know, we all are. So that's great and I couldn't agree more. And I also think, you know, it reminds me very much of Rachel Brown's work of Trace. I am another huge fan of Rachel and um, they both won tons of awards for those, so that's hugely complimentary. Thank you. Yeah, so you're off to a great start. What What is your background? In journalism? Yeah. I mean, is this is this your act? Are you coming from, that's a Marty Sheargold expression, by the way, is this your act? Do you come from this serious, hardcore investigative background? Um, oh, no. <laughs> um, if one were to Google me, um, not much comes up that's very serious. <laughs> so I did, oh goodness, I've bounced around really and done a lot of TV stuff some of it, um, what you'd expect daily news reporting, you really run the gamut. And certainly in Tassie, there was a lot of serious stuff down there. I did real estate presenting for a few years. I've done a lot of weird and wonderful different uh, Facebook breakfast show. There's a whole bunch of stuff that's very jolly and that could be where I'd naturally sit. But I was gifted this story and I thought, oh, I get this, this is what other journalists get and I'm getting it. Awesome. And I didn't know how hard it would be, but I'm, oh, I'm so grateful. Wow. So were you scared of it at any point? At any point, did you think, oh, this is really serious? Now? Yeah. Now? (laughs) (laughs) More so than ever. More so than ever. I think now it's really, honestly, um, yeah, it's getting bigger and bigger. How are you coping with the emotional side of it, with being the gatekeeper of these people's stories? And and, and I'm sure that you're probably the first person some of these people have told. Oh, oh, there's such responsibility to it. Um, lucky in a number of ways. The number one thing is that I have, um, and I can't, I can't state enough how important this is, because I don't have that trauma background as an experience of trauma. I have been able to educate myself from an outside perspective and and kind of not have to worry about my own experiences and, and you know, we all, we've all had stuff happen but not like it's a it's really lucky. A lot of people who take on this work have their own traumas and I think that that's admirable but it does make things even harder emotionally and to be able to stand there and say I can be strong for these people because I'm lucky enough to have not gone through this. So it's not triggering for you personally? No, no, no. It's really like I'm not going to lie, I, I cry a bit because it's you're a human, not a robot, mm. but it doesn't stay with me in the way that um, it would if it were my family, if it were 
And I have to acknowledge that because I don't want people to feel like it's taking anything away from me to come forward because I've got support. I can turn my phone off. It doesn't, it doesn't live with me. Mm. Yeah. But sometimes then it can be hard to turn the phone off, can't it? It can be hard to. I'm not at the moment. I'm not turning it off. No, but, but it can be hard sometimes to disengage from people. And, yeah. and I've seen that happen with other media people where they sort of feel like, oh, I have to be always available. Look, I, um, I'm going to work that out on my own, the boundaries I'm comfortable with. I'm not hugely boundaried, but you have to be a little bit. And I think, um, I've been dealing uh, with really respectful people that are really, their emotional intelligence is very high and they're very um, respectful of, of my space as well. But I'm just so grateful they feel comfortable with me. And it's it's such a privilege because they that means they trust me. And if I've done something to earn their trust, that's so nice because these, oh, they need as much support as they can get. It's It's the shittiest thing in the world to go through. Do you have a clinical service in backup to refer people onto? Yes, I do. Laurel House in Launceston and Enterprising Aardvark, which is a cute name. Um, these are both highly recommended, come highly recommended to me, and they're ready and waiting. And I've had discussions with them in the last 24 hours because I'm getting so many disclosures. And they're fabulous and they will be there and they understand a lot of what I don't, which they can come out as insiders is the intricacies of reporting within a small place like Launceston and every place has its own culture and they understand that as well. I'm gathering, I'm reading between the lines a little bit, but I'm gathering that your investigations have potentially or that you feel that they are leading you in a pretty sort of serious direction in terms of maybe even towards government. Yep, that's where they're heading. It's interesting that we're speaking now. So the Tasmania's health minister came out and answered questions. Oh, I didn't really answer my questions. I, I've, um, I haven't had anything in writing from anyone um, from government, but the health minister came out and, and sort of put out a big call acknowledging this case. I think that's interesting. I would like to know why it wasn't acknowledged earlier. I would like to know why it's taken months to respond to me and they haven't. So I'm allowed to be salty and throw my toys out of the cot because it wasn't a personal response. <laughs> it is, it's really interesting, all this stuff, and I'm watching it really keenly. And now, just for Australian true crime listeners, here's a little teaser from episode two of The Nurse. Annette, talk about a legend. This is a nurse who's like, I know this isn't great for my career. If anything, it's career ending. You know what? I'm going to talk, and I'm going to talk, and hold my head high, and yeah. And the honesty of her as a mum. I do have kids, and I can tell you that you you spend so much of your time beating yourself up about how shit you are at it. <laughs> <laughs> that hearing her honesty about the mistakes that she'd made, and that just that crushing feeling of how didn't I know, and how was I Aww. being a supportive friend to this guy, even as. Yeah. The the scandal was breaking. I was sending him supportive texts. And then my daughter said, hey, oh, God, I've got to tell you something. And then I went to work. And when she said that, I got, I got that in the guts because that's what I do. I just always revert to work because it's, I don't know, somehow it's comforting to me. And I thought, oh, man, if my kids heard this, they'd say to me, that's what you do, mum. <laughs> <laughs> you know? <laughs> I really got that. Oh. I, must, I must have been in shock because I went to work. And thinking back, I thought, Jesus, I should have been there for her. I should have stayed home. And it was like I hadn't sunk in. But I know when it did, when I finally realised, yes, 
this is what's happened. I can remember crying and that primal scream. I sent a message to my husband at work and he rang and I was just a mess and he said, do you want, to come, do you want me to come home? Because every time I thought of it, I'd just crack up and couldn't speak. And yeah, so it took a little while to hit, but then when it hit, it hit pretty hard. Oh, always there, always pops up in my mind. Why didn't I? Um, why didn't I know? I loved her honesty and vulnerability and, God, I thought, what brave women. And, and obviously she's raised this great kid as well. And They're lovely people. But, yeah, there's a lot of brave people behind the scenes and my biggest piss off is that I can't name them. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm like, no, no, I want you guys to be praised. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that's okay. And, and that's the thing about nurses and I'm, they're much less selfish than um, journalists. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and comedians, believe me. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I'm like, I'll do the interview with Michelle. You can stay in your box. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you to Camille Bianchi from The Nurse. There'll be more about the Let Us Speak campaign in coming weeks that's now working on changing the new legislation in Victoria that prevents sexual assault survivors from self-identifying. But you'll find a link to the GoFundMe campaign in the show notes to this episode. And you'll also find a link to The Nurse, Camille Bianchi's excellent podcast. Thank you to patrons Kim McSweeney, Leanne Christie, Sarah Callahan, Ellie Craft, Paul Robinson and Valerie. And thank you to you for downloading this episode of Australian True Crime made in association with the Acast Creator Network. We'll be back next week. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. As promised, I am thrilled to announce that our tickets for Australian True Crime Live are now available. Join me in Sydney, Brisbane and or Melbourne this July. You can come to all three if you want. These tickets are expected to go very quickly, so be sure to secure yours by visiting the link in our podcast bio or you can head over to the Australian True Crime Facebook page. There'll be a nice link there for you. Update for Brisbane Australian True Crime fans. Brisbane is almost fully sold out for our live show. If you've been a listener for any length of time, you'll know how passionate I am about true crime stories from Australia. I'm looking very forward to an incredible evening together with you, sharing these captivating tales. We will have great guests as well, so, you know, we love a Q&A. If you've ever come along to an Australian true crime live gig, you'll know we love a Q&A with our guests. Don't miss out. Book your tickets today, and I'll see you in July for a memorable night out.